and welcome back to the Christian Nerd of God cast, your favorite crossover that doesn't involve multi-million dollar budgeted movies. I am Scott Higa, the Christian Nerd, and I'm once again joined by my favorite internet friend and yours, Tony T from the Nerd of God cast. Hello, Tony. So you got me messed up, Scott, because now I'm trying to think about other crossovers that I may in fact like more than this. But I can't think of any, but there's got to be one. Uh, like, I don't Reese's know, Gordon Ramsay ever showed up on Iron Chef, something. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are a pretty good crossover. I don't know that that's a crossover. I think those two are, they're just things that found each other. Okay. Like, it wasn't even like, a, it's, it's not like two different worlds. It's just what about when, missing pieces of the puzzle. when Batman showed up in Scooby-Doo? Or when yeah, the Harlem but, Globetrotters uh, but you also showed have to remember, up in scooby so did, so did Laurel and Hardy and the Harlem Globetrotters, so. Well, you know, it's still pretty nice. What about, or have you watched any of this Crisis on Infinite Earths deal? Are you into any of those things? You know what? I I really want to watch them. I really want to be into them. But I've given up on Arrow and Flash and never even started with Batgirl. And it just, it seems like too much to catch up on now. So that's how I feel. Also, their costumes look ridiculous. Yeah, special effects are terrible. Yeah, I I remember when, when they first announced the Inhumans, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Because there's a good chance it's just going to end up looking cheesy like all the DC shows. And then it was worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, uh, let's find a way to lower the bar on that. But you remember, there was a day that we were just kind of acclimated to the idea that if you're going to watch a superhero thing, you had to suspend your disbelief because special effects weren't that great. That's true. I mean, Superman in the 70s was pretty amazing for the time, but it didn't really advance. Even if you go back and watch, like, the 89 Batman, the the effects on it are just silly. They're cartoony. Yeah. And uh, even through, like, the first X-Men movie, not uh, not that amazing. The the, the 1970s Spider-Man, like, those made-for-TV movies, those ones are really bad. (laughs) They are really bad. But, yeah, TV effects are awful. It looks like they shot it guerrilla style, that they didn't have a permit, so they just... You know, threw that actor out there in New York City and just, you know, try to get as many shots of him running through New York as they could before they got arrested by somebody. And see, to me, I thought they shot it guerrilla style, meaning they let the special effects be designed by an actual gorilla. <laughs> just a monkey bashing some keys. That's all I'm saying, man. That is Filmations, Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's what it is. So, Tony, we. We're, we're throwing out a reference that like three people will get. That's all right. I'm so sorry. Uh, we're uh, we're we're back to back. We said we were going to record another episode two weeks ago, and by yeah. goodness, we didn't wait three and a half months. We actually did it. We 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 said it and we left it happen, man. We're we're living the dream, baby. Living the dream. We are living the dream. How have you been in the past two weeks? Well, you know, it's the Christmas season, so for anybody in vocational ministry, you know that it's the most hectic time of the year. Just a million things going on, from parties to pageants and everything in between. But you have pageants? Uh, so far, so good. Well, pageants or whatever the vernacular is. <laughs> if it's a play, a program, oh, some kind of okay. presentation. Not like, I mean, not, not like, like a pageant. Miss like, and now Florida. Miss North Pole 2019. Isn't she lovely, folks? She's going to spin the baton. That's a good talent. Spinning. Giving maps to all the U.S. Americans. All the U.S. Americans. It is a busy season, and I, I don't. I think I've shared it with you, but I've also shared it on my podcast that my computer is broken. <laughs> Who just came in? Well, now she's in this thing. No, that's okay. I've just been invaded in my own office by lovely lady Lise Mari. Lise Mari, hi from the Nerd of Godcast. She can't hear you because I. Oh, that's off. right. I'll just wave. He's waving this at is, you. This is my Spanish wave. Happy. That's his Spanish Are you wave. Guys on a date? We're not on a date. We're doing a podcast. We're on Get a it. digital That's date. Fancy. Talking about what stuff. Do you, <laughs> what do you need? You're wearing your nice outfit. I am wearing my. I'm wearing my nice outfit. I like to look pretty for Scott. <laughs> okay. Well, I heard voices. I just wanted to see if it was a demon or something. There was no demons. No demons. It was just me. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll leave you guys to your evening then. By Lise Mari. Hasta la luego. <laughs> Lovely Lady Lise Mari, everybody, from the Nerd of God cast. <laughs> Just walking in like she owns the place. Well, it is uh, a crossover, so that's the most crossover That's what it is. That, now, my new favorite crossover. Anyway, so Christmas is rough at church, especially for me, because <laughs> my is. computer's been down for about two weeks now. Yeah, that, and there is never a good time for a computer crash. There's never. not. 
But let me tell you, there are worse times than others. And uh, three weeks before Christmas, when you work at a church, is one of them. So it's been kind of yeah, nice, sure. though, because I just I've been able to temper my expectations. People ask me for videos, and I just say no. Like we're Can't do it. the the video production department of the communications wing has been shut down for Christmas, and it might never come back to life. Let's be honest. <laughs> we just might let it go. Right. So you're like you're like Swiss Family Robinson out there right now, man. You're like pen and paper the whole deal. Well, I've got Alicia has a very nice MacBook Air, which she's allowing me to use. So it does email and Microsoft Word pretty well. It chugs along a little bit with Photoshop. And hopefully it records podcasts well, because that's what we're attempting to do <laughs> in this very moment. Welcome to the Christian Nerd of Godcast, minus the Christian Nerd. Well, just, if it doesn't work, it'll just be, you know, the one, it'll be your recording that you have of my voice. Unless you don't have my voice, as we realize yeah. that happened. God forbid, if you were to guest crossover on a podcast and not adequately record your own voice, that would be a nightmare. Did we talk about that? We were supposed to be on the City on a Hill Gaming, our friend Ryan's podcast, and we were recording with Tony and Shanine and her husband, uh, who runs the blog, The Hoot and Howl, and I didn't record my part. Everybody else had their part, and then I think I've been podcasting just a little bit longer than any of the other people there, and I'm the one who messed up. It just goes to show that, you know, anybody can make a mistake. This is a, a, a finely honed machine here, all right? We, we move like Swiss clockwork. Swiss clockwork. Swiss clock, anything Swiss army, wrong. Swiss colony beef log. <laughs> every time you hear a podcast, just know that it was meticulously executed, and you should be thankful for it. There's only one time when I was recording with Ron that I forgot to hit record. Just one time. We'd done 45. I think we lost... We did 45 minutes of an episode, and then like, oh, Ron, that red light's not on. Let's start over. Yeah. We lost our second episode, and it, and it was all Stephen's fault. Completely lost it, and it was going to be, man, it was going to be a, a knock-out-of-the-park banger. It was the and best episode you've ever recorded, and nobody it ever It was the best it. one, according to the memories of the people that were in the room. You'll never know. You will never, never know. know. All right, so when everyone's listening to this, uh, this coming week, Tony, uh, it will be Star Wars week. Episode 9, The yeah. Rise of Skywalker, is coming out on Friday, December 20th. I've got my tickets for Thursday night at 6.30. I was unable... Just to get excited, I've gone up, I've gone up the stairs all week just so I could breathe like Darth Vader. Nice. <sighs> I, I couldn't get my 6 o'clock tickets because I forgot that they went on sale, but I managed 6.30, which isn't too bad. Are you seeing it on Thursday night as well? So I'm not, and oh, I'll tell you no. why, because we've, I know, I know, normally I, I relish in the idea of my Eastern time zone being able to beat you to a movie by a couple hours, uh, but we have had a tradition ever since The Force Awakens with our podcast of going to see Star Wars movies together oh. as a crew, and the only way we could successfully do that was by booking it for Friday evenings. All right. Uh, that's when we're going to go, because Ohana means family, Scott, family means no one gets left behind. My family's not even going with me. I'm just going with all my knucklehead friends that I always see movies with. And they go, They basically, they see it when I want to see it at whatever theater I want to see it at, because I'm the one who procures the tickets, and they just have to deal with so, it. So here's the deal. Can I tell you a true but kind of embarrassing yes, story a little please, bit? Yes, those are my favorite so, ones. So, so we're, putting this, we're putting this thing together so that the podcast crew can go. Now, our boy Steve-O has recently entered into a fairly yes, serious little dating relationship, which is fine. We like the girl. She's way, way, way out of his league, so we, we're just desperately trying to help him to not screw it up, yeah. right? It's like one day she'll see through him and go, what am I doing? That's, the, that's, the Mysterio I, I, gas for will fade away. Years and that's how I still feel about it. Just yeah, you told me a little sure bit about I that the other night. This up. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I tricked someone into yeah. So <laughs> so, the, so so he's got a he's got this girlfriend, and I said, hey, we're all gonna go see Star Wars. Here's the the, the plan, and he kind of came back with a well, you know, I I promised her I was gonna see it with her, so uh, if if it doesn't include her, I can't be a part of it. And I'm like, whoa. Bro, 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 this is a thing we've been doing long before she came around. Like, you're going to be doing long after she's realized and come to her senses. (laughs) Come to realize that you are a substandard piece of man flesh. Come on now. So, she, um, so I I tried to be accommodating. I'm a good person. So, I did get an extra ticket so that she could come with us. That's totally great. Totally great, except for the fact that uh, I gave an extra ticket. I got a crew for all for all for our crew, and a ticket for her. Completely failed to get a ticket for my son. Oh no! Yep. 
So that was an awkward conversation to have. And he was just so like trying to keep a stiff up, stiff up her lip and be you know, a big boy about it. He's like, okay, well, um, okay, well that's, that's okay. So it was, I felt so bad. So I finally went to, um, Steven's girlfriend and I said, Hey, you know, like, uh, you have to go get your own ticket. Here's the theater that we're going at. You're welcome to come with us. Go buy your own ticket. And she was super cool about oh, yeah. it. So she did buy a ticket and, uh, it, her ticket's not right there with us, but that's okay. My son said, no, I don't care. I'll take that seat. But... I don't, I don't need to sit with you guys. So she's going to come <laughs> sit and share popcorn with Steven and whatever, <sighs> be all relation-y. Nice. I'm going with John Lee. He'll be down from Washington. I'm very excited about that. And all my friends. John Lee. And, and all your friends. All my friends. Not all of them. Well, I don't, yeah, some of them. Anyway. How many, so how many, friends, how many friends do you have? Like the, I used to be pretty much a misanthrope when I had three friends, and then that got cut down to two. And now I just keep adding friends. I think I'm getting nicer in my, my older age. Hmm. So I've got a lot of friends. I have Real friends. Quick, I go- definitely I'm have gonna, friends. I'm going to Google misanthrope. Um <laughs> A misanthrope is somebody who doesn't like other humans. No, I, I know. I'm like, just, I'm just like, kidding. I'm like Olaf. I'm learn. I like all the big words. He's an iconoblast. He marches to the beat of his own drum. So, since it's Rise of Skywalker week, we thought we should have yeah. a Star Wars themed episode. Is this coming out before the movie comes yeah. out? Yeah, yeah. This will be out. Okay, so we can we can talk about it while people are hating it without seeing it yet, right? Yes. And that that's one of the things we so we were texting earlier this week and I just said I'm not that excited to see Rise of Skywalker and mostly I think it's because I'm not ready for all what I imagine will be the toxicity of our fandom and just people sniping at each other. Like I just don't want to experience that in my life. I had enough of it with the Last Jedi, a movie that I still enjoy and like. And it's just like I don't like it's just not it's just not fun to be a Star Wars fan when these movies come out. I got a buddy who does a Star Wars podcast, and he was basically bullied off of doing his pod, like off of Twitter, by people that were just throwing hate at him. Like I've never, it's so strange to see it, but Twitter absolutely bullied him into submission. And he's a smart guy, a good guy, and, uh, and gosh, people are just the worst when it comes to this kind of thing. They are. So it's a movie, I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how they wrap it up. The problem is that, you know what, six months ago, they wrapped up the MCU better than we ever thought they could wrap anything up. Yeah. And now they're attempting to do that with the Skywalker saga. So we'll see. Mostly I'm just happy it will be over and then Lucasfilm can go and just not feel weighed down by everybody's expectations of what their life was like way back when. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah, and that's a tough thing. It's a tough thing it when is. you become your own high water mark that you have to beat, you know. And not even your own high water mark, but your it's a it's a water mark steeped in nostalgia. That it's not even it's not even a, a realistic water mark. It's the feelings <laughs> yeah, that I had when I was six. Against, you're competing against not only your movies, you're competing against people's nostalgia of yes. your movies, of the memories, their own interpretations and expectations. It, it's it's a, this is a tough one. And and if I was J.J. Abrams, I'd have run screaming from this, but. You know what? And and he's not a good closer, typically, if we're going to be honest. Yeah, I've never watched Lost, so I don't know. I don't think he actually – a Lost fan would tell you he, he, he wasn't. didn't close Lost. Oh, okay. Like Damon Lindelof did. Or, but even like the second Star Star Trek movie was a, 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 like he, you know, a big misstep. He's uh he's a great story starter. So we'll see. This could be what uh, what breaks the mold for him. I, I'm I'm cheering for him. I hope the movie is great. I hope it makes me fall in love with everything all over again. And I hope that it completely justifies the what I consider to be a misstep of the Last Jedi, which although a well made movie and a beautiful Star Wars movie, to me was a thematic misstep. Yeah, that's like I like the Last Jedi. I think that they should have sketched out where they wanted to go and how they wanted to end before. They finished the Force Awakens. Anyway, yeah, who's that person? Who's that person in, in in Disney that does that for Star Wars? Is it Kathleen Kennedy? I mean, who's their Kevin Feige? They don't have one. It should be Kathleen Kennedy. Yes. She's just a producer. I mean, she's the producer. She's the head of Lucasfilm. But yeah, they should have had somebody who finished the an architect. Yeah, an architect. It should have been JJ. They just should have kept him around. Yeah. All that to say, we want to recapture the magic because I I still love Star Wars. I was just at my friend's house and they were, their kids were watching the Lego Star Wars. There's so much to love about Star Wars, and we want to reignite that passion first by having a classic comic conversation.
Classic Comic Conversation. Back in August, we said we were going to read the first 12 issues of the Star Wars from 2015. I did not do that, but I did it to, I did it this week. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> so in 2015... Uh, Disappointed in you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm good now. Marvel okay. relaunched Star Wars uh, with Star Wars number one, and it was taking place basically immediately after the destruction of the first Death Star and A New Hope, and it filled in a lot of gaps between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And the exciting thing is that it is completely canon, so everything that happens in these comics is Actually counts, canon yeah. to the Star Wars universe. So what is... I mean... I think I I bought probably the first 10 issues and maybe read the first eight of them, but I got around to reading the first 12, and they're good. They're great. Yeah. So I, I did I did the same. I picked it up, and not initially. I think I bought it in trade paperback mm. form. Uh, somebody recommended it. I've read Star Wars comic books, I mean, since the 80s. Mm. I've been, you know, you would always go in, but they would always be really ridiculous. They would always be very silly, very campy, very comic booky, and they just never felt like you. It never had the same appeal as watching yeah. a movie. These books, I don't know how they did it, but they captured the voice of those characters. They captured the voice of the actors. They made me feel like I was watching legitimately the further adventures of my favorite Star Wars characters. When I see the way that they draw the expressions of Leia, yeah. of Han Solo, of Luke. I, I just I really do feel like wow this is somehow a lost adventure of these amazing heroes and that's a difficult thing to pull off and make it feel fresh and new and valid like legitimate yeah that's one of the things I was looking at just when because there are a lot of interactions between Han and Leia in these first twelve mm-hmm. issues and so yeah it's it's definitely the way they capture the facial expressions of Han Solo it's it's like Harrison Ford made that yeah. face and then they sketched it i mean they just do a, yeah. such a great job because that's the thing we know these characters so well we've seen them time and time again in only three movies now four or five depending on who's still alive and hasn't been killed yet but we we just we <laughs> like we know how han reacts when he's talking to leia in the empire strikes back and return of the jedi like we know that relationship right. so well and for them to capture it exquisitely in a couple panels exquisitely. is yeah. is really really great so i think yeah that stuff's great it really is intriguing because we don't really know how darth vader figures out that han or luke skywalker is the rebel who blew up the death star and that is my favorite yeah. part on how they explained that because yeah we when you look back we take for granted because we know the whole story arc but the jump in in narrative from a new hope to empire movie wise there's a really big jump. Yeah. I mean, how did Luke go to where, you know, they're on Hoth and, they, and, and and he's in his position in the rebellion and, you know, where is Han now and he's trying to get out and the relationship that he has, it's a little playful in A New Hope, but it's definitely steamy in Empire. Yeah. What bridged that gap there? And these stories not only just kind of further the adventures, but actually progress the narrative between one and the next. Mm-hmm. The relationship between Han and Leia, Luke's insecurities about who he is as a Jedi. I'm not a Jedi. I need to do more. His anxiety on, on really pushing this thing to the next level. But the best, to me, the best story arc is Vader's yeah. story arc in these comic books. How he gets, I'm going to find out. I want to yeah. find out who blew up my Death Star. Who did this thing? Uh, he involves Boba Fett and completely legitimizes Boba Fett as a as a, a total, you know, monster, awesome dude. And, you know, so you got Boba Fett going to Tatooine, wrecking shop, and trying to find out who he is. Come to find out, you know, this is it. This is Yeah, those, those are some great panels when Boba Fett, like... Like you see Darth Vader standing by the window, and then Boba Fett says yeah. Skywalker up on like, like the yeah, and then like we're whatever. done now, and then it just gets further, further back, and then it just shows a little crack in the window. Vader's clenching yeah. his fist, and the window starts to crack. So powerful. Those are some awesome, and that and that and those those are the things I think that because I read most of my comics on my iPad now because it's just so convenient with Marvel Unlimited. But even I mean, there's that's what I like about like I think a comic sticks out to me when I can remember the art when there's specific panels. That I remember, and when I was reading through, Dude, I'm not even joking. Look, this is my phone. I saved that picture, yeah, man, because great, to me it was such a powerful image. Great panel, and, and there was one. I think it was a, either issue number one or issue number two, where they they just the art does such a good good job of gauging the speed and everything. Where Luke goes back, he's on the speeder bike, and he goes back mm-hmm. to get his lightsaber, and you just see yeah. the speeder bike, and you see like the next panel, and he turns down. And it's just it's a great great page of, of yeah. comics. 
it's a story it's a storyboard for a movie it feels very cinematic yeah. and that's something that's really hard for comics to pull off yeah it makes me wonder because there is so i think issue number five or number six it's like a little side story with obi-wan kenobi when he was on tatooine and since mm-hmm. this is canon i wonder if it's going to be a launching point for the obi-wan kenobi series Mm-hmm. It's just a possibility because it, it doesn't show much. It's just basically he decides he can't he can't be that much of a hermit. He needs to help folk out as much as he can. But it's the middle Obi-Wan. It's the not quite Ewan, yeah. not quite Alec, middle Obi-Wan of like I'm kind of watching Luke from a distance. But when you see when I read that and it was almost like I, I feel like I could preach on this if I was preaching to somebody who really knew Star Wars. We see the plot lines in Star Wars movies, very utilitarian, very like, hey, matter of fact, just ABC. These are plot devices to get us to the end of the story. The Death Star blows up Alderaan. And we make jokes about it. I mean, I've seen the T-shirts and stuff like that, the weather report on Alderaan. That's a great shirt. That's still a great shirt. It's great, right? But you have to think like this this idea of that that how haunted Obi-Wan must have Mm -hmm. felt of being the last Jedi. Basically, it's him and, and Yoda are the last ones, right? Um, until you start watching Rebels, and there's there's, there's, there's lots Jedi of Jedi everywhere all over the place. Yeah, but so basically, you got two Jedi's left, and he he's forced into not being able to do what he's bred to do from childhood, mm-hmm. and uh, and how frustrating and powerless that must feel, and how everything bad that happens, he must feel like I'm somewhat responsible mm-hmm. for that. When Alderaan blew up. Obi-Wan didn't just feel like a tremor in the force, like, you know, millions of voices yeah. screaming out and all at once. Like, he must have felt a weight of responsibility for that. I made Vader. Yeah. That's my, and like, I, this is my fault. I, I mean, that's, that makes it much more powerful for me when you see the guy who, by, by omission or commission, feels responsible for all of this that's happened in the universe. Like that's pretty amazing, and that and that and let, not to harp on the Last Jedi stuff, but we see Alec Guinness Obi Wan. He's worked through those issues, I think, right. a lot. And then in Last Jedi, we get kind of like the middle ground. We get the Luke Skywalker who hasn't reached peace over his mistakes yet. And you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Jedi never act like that. It's like, yeah, we just don't see them act like that because we catch such small snippets because we've really only worked with three movies over the mm-hmm. course of thirty years. Yeah. But I love I love the stuff that happened on Tatooine with with Obi Wan. I love the stuff that happened on Tatooine between Vader and Jabba. Yeah, what a cool interaction! Because in the movies, you see Jabba in Jedi as you know a, a powerful crime lord, but ultimately just kind of a, a prop of kind of disgust and excess. You see him in the other movies as just a CGI joke. I mean, in the special edition of A New Hope, just a joke. But in this one, you really get a good impression of how powerful and intimidating Jabba the Hutt is mm-hmm. and how he is very acclimated to wielding power and used to having things his way. So watching the banter back and forth between him and Vader is a wonderful give and take of kind of power and authority, you know, where Vader is just really bottom lining. He's like, this is the deal. You're going to take it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jabba is not used to, be, he's not used to being told what to do, but you can tell he's not even backing down from Vader. He's still like, ah, but this is, you know, you're in my house right now, yeah. so let's let's watch something die together. Like, just wonderful interaction with Jabba, where he never loses his cool and confidence. Yeah. In the second little series that started in uh, issue six, where Luke goes to the smuggler's planet and gets captured, and, like, that was a cool, fun little storyline as yeah. well. So I really, I, this makes me want to keep reading the comics. I know they just wrapped up with issue 75, I think, in November. And they're starting again. The next volume will be to yeah. fill the gaps between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. There's so many. Yeah, they, they, they had Star Wars that came out at the same time. Then they had Darth Vader, which was an ongoing series. They had Princess Leia, which did was... Did you read the Darth Vader ones? Uh, I, re- I think I read the first three or four. Yeah, they there's they introduced another character. Dr. Acula. Oh, Dr. Af- Dr. Acula is Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Acula, don't let him take your blood. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it just that to me felt a little bit more like a Star Wars comic book, mm-hmm. like I'd experienced in the past. And I was like, oh, I've got yeah. a lot of the Dr. Afro com- comics actually to read. I was buying them for a little bit, so I will. Yeah, never got into it. But those, those Star Wars ones are great. I, I couldn't put a, a, a bigger stamp of approval on them. They're definitely worth reading if you're if you're a fan. Especially, like we said, if you have Amazon Prime and you can read the trade paperbacks of at least the first two volumes for free. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it's worth a read. And you can do, if you just do those first two volumes, they're self-contained. You're not going to get stuck where, ah, uh, now they're going to trick me into a cliffhanger and I've got to read it. They just fill the gaps between the movies nicely, and it's a good read on its own. You're not just going to be trapped into, now I have to buy the next one. Yeah. Don't buy comics. It's a bad call. <laughs> All right, so let's know what you thought about that. And now we've got a little list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You just made the list. You just made the list. The list. All right. Tony, we both love Star Wars. We do. It was my first nerd love. It was the first thing that really made me want to be a nerd. I My first memory <laughs> was seeing... Return of the Jedi with my cousins when I was three or four years old. I saw it on a re-release when we moved back to California. So literally my first memory is of watching Return of the Jedi. So I love me some Star Wars. That's awesome. That's incredible. And we thought, what better way to get people psyched and ready for The Rise of Skywalker would be do a little walk through the existing movies and just Quickly, as quickly as we can, because we're both pretty verbose, share uh, <laughs> our probably our favorite moment from all the movies and then our yeah, least moments. favorite moment from all the movies. Because there's still there's always just that one little moment where it's like, oh, my gosh, that's not yeah. great. So there's lots of ways we could do this. We could just go chronologically, start with episode one, work our way through. We could go four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, rogue. We could go all over the place. We do the spaghetti one. We do what? Four, five, one, two, three, <laughs> six. What? What? What floats your boat, Tony? Let's just do. Let's let's go. Let's stick with originals. Let's go. We'll start with the original trilogy. Okay. Episode four, New Hope. What's your favorite part of that movie, Tony? So I find, as I was kind of thinking through this, I find a lot of my favorite moments in the movies are based either on because back in the day we didn't consume movies like we do yeah. now we couldn't stream them we didn't have dvds and blu-rays of them i don't remember getting a copy of star wars on home video until probably the late 80s yeah. so for years we had a had we had a we had a bootleg copy of return of the jedi that somebody had recorded <laughs> off of when they played it on tv so there you go. Like like we didn't have uh, the the way to go back and access them. So a lot of them were in my memories from experiencing them in the theaters, and then they were relived through other media. So a lot of my favorite moments were the ones that I could relive at home via action figures. Mm -hmm. So I, I just kind of thought, man, a lot of the moments that I just treasure in the original trilogy were ones that I kind of took home and played with. So strangely enough, in the first Star Wars movie. I really love the scene when they're in the trash compactor mm. in the you know yeah. the, in the on the detention level because I remember having a cool playset where they were actually in a trash compactor. It had the the walls that would shut. It had little pieces of foam in there for trash. It was really a cool little little toy playset. Like, and that to me, I don't know. That scene just always kind of captured my imagination of like real fear and and like how are we going to get out of here and just a really cool moment. But that that I love that moment. But to me, nothing, nothing, nothing compares to that Death Star Trench run. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. The music's so... I mean, just goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to be a little sacrilegious. I'm actually picking something from the special edition uh, when Han okay. walks on Jabba. Just kidding. That's not it. But... <laughs> that, that could, this is the last Christian Nerd Godcast <laughs> you'll ever hear. Also, delete my number and never call me back. Uh, I love right. I love what they did in the special edition with the with the X-Wings and TIE Fighter battle. Like, that yeah, was too. that that was George Lucas showing off, look what I can do with current technology. Because it, it's mm -hmm. the Corellian slip. When Wedge comes in and saves Luke Skywalker, you don't really get a sense mm -hmm. of what's happening because they just couldn't pull it off with the models. But in the special edition, you see that Luke pulls up and then Wedge comes flying right through, blows up the TIE fighter, and then flies through the debris of the TIE fighter he just destroyed. Like, that is so good. That is such a great moment. Like, it makes me, it's like, yeah, that's all. Like, just to see that and see kind of like, yeah. it wasn't just, you know, models on, you know, little pivots. Like, they could do more. They could show us what these X-Wings and TIE Fighters were capable of. Things that you did yeah. when you played TIE Fighter X-Wing on your PC. You actually started to see those <laughs> things happen on, on the big screen. I did. I had a bootleg copy of, of TIE Fighter. I never got X-Wing. Oh, my goodness. That was so great. Yeah. And your least favorite moment from Star Wars, Episode Four: A New Hope. 
anything special edition, the Jabba, the Jabba walking on Jabba's tail, Jabba would have immediately had Han Solo killed. Yeah. No matter how good a smuggler was. You walk on Jabba's tail, Jabba will kill you dead right there. Yeah. Jabba no bada. No, uh, I'll, I'll pick something from the non-special edition. Uh, it is, uh, and I text you about it. it. It kills me every time. It's just, it's an editor. It's an editing goof because when they're trying to, when R2 is trying to convince them to, be bought from the Jawas. They have a shot of R2 turning his head, looking at Uncle Owen, and you see Red in the background. And then yeah. they say they don't get R2. They take Red. They go away. And then he blows up. And then Owen's negotiating with Jawas again. He's like, yeah, what about that blue one? And they show the same shot of R2 looking towards Uncle Owen and Red's still in the background. And it just bothers me every single time. <laughs> like, he just blew up. I mean, Come on. Now there's so many editing things in the movie. The whole movie was was shot one way and then fixed in editing. Yeah. If you if you know the whole popular uh-huh. mythology of it, so I'll give that a pass. If that's the worst thing that happened with Star Wars editing, the the, the way that they save the entire Death Star scene through good editing yeah. makes me happier. Uh, one thing that always bothers me, if we're being nitpicky, is it just doesn't the an astromech droid seems like a completely inefficient way to get around any terrain other than the deck of a starship. <laughs> like every time I watch 3PO just walking off in the desert, I'm like, there is no way R2 is going to be able to keep up with you ever across sand dunes. Come on, dude. Come on. All right, Empire Strikes Back. How's he going to get through Beggar's Canyon? Come on. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. Oh, also, runner-up, stupid whiny Luke. Oh, it's going to toss you to make the power converter. Yeah. Shut up, Luke. Luke's horrible in episode four. Give, you gotta give him a break, man. I mean, he first off, he lives on Tatooine. Second off, he's got a crappy family and a crappy job. And it's like, could you imagine having to be raised by people that were like, you are the son of my stepbrother of my murdered mom? Like, come on. Like, what in the world? <laughs> okay. Was Owen Shmi's... No, Owen was was the other Lars' yeah. son, right? But it wasn't Shmi's yeah. kid, was it? No. So yeah, you're my stepbrother... <sighs> yeah. Of my yeah, so dad's Owen side and Baru piece. are getting married, and all of a sudden, this old Jedi shows up. He's like, "By the way, you have to take care of this baby. Don't tell anybody. The <laughs> most evil man in the Empire is going to come looking. So shush." <laughs> like, hey, listen, we didn't ask for this, man. Just because, just because my dad doesn't know where the line is to be drawn between, you know, how far you go with slaves. <laughs> with all employees. of a sudden, we have to take care of your whelp here. Uh, Blue milk. All right, Empire Strikes Back. Favorite moment. The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. What's your favorite moment? No, that was that was telling you my favorite oh, moment. Just the whole thing. The Empire Strikes Back. The whole it's of it. It's great. It's so good. I, really, honestly, it's so iconic. But but again, the Battle of Hoth yeah. is brilliant. AT-AT walkers are my favorite thing from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're so cool. They are. What do I like most in Empire Strikes Back? I like when they're trying to get away from the the death, the star destroyers and the asteroid, like all like the flying, trying to escape, flying through the asteroid field. Like that whole sequence I think is just tremendous. And because oh, yeah. you see, there's so much of just the relational stuff between Han and Leia that you see in there, like all, all the sexual tension and all that stuff like that. That's so great. I love that part of the movie. I'm not. Yeah, and then the whole thing with him, like, kind of, you know, pulling up along the back of the ship yeah. and drifting off with the garbage. That's pretty clever. Yeah, Good is. job. That's how Han Solo would survive. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, you don't, you have your moments. You don't always have them, but you have them. Like, just, like, they're so, man, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford were so great, like, in those little yeah. moments. They were, they were perfect. Uh, I don't, honestly, I don't like a lot of the stuff on Dagobah because it just seems to, like, take forever. And, and this is what right. happens. Like, you go back to when you were watching these movies as a kid. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, I get it. Stop talking, little green guy. You know, like, they're just like, get to something. Like, make something happen. I don't care about all these How conflicts. Every word out of Yoda's mouth is sweet honey it is, poured into my ears. Especially when he's got frogs in his mouth as well. Like, he's mm. – <laughs> I. so, yeah, I, like, as, as an adult, I recognize those are great. But when I was younger, up until he, st- he lifts the, the X-Wing out of the swamp, I'm just like, all right, let's get through this Dagobah stuff. Yeah. Not a big fan of it. And, and the whole opening up, like, Yoda, it's like they intentionally made him way more annoying than he had yeah. to be when he opened up. But I think that's fun Oh, now. yeah, totally. Absolutely. But to, to me, my least favorite part is, and I, I, get, I, I guess I get it, but, and, and they've duplicated it in other Star Wars media and that Jedis have to go through this. But the whole, I'm going to go down to the cave, don't bring your weapon, there's Darth Vader, oh, no, it's you. 
just weird, like symbolic foreshadowing. It's just, it just, it's one thing that just seems like it doesn't thematically, it's not necessary. Yeah. The cave. All right. Return of the Jedi. Favorite moment. Return of the, oh man. Again, I'm going back to like the toys. I don't know why. And I, and even as an adult, I go, "Uh, but I love the Ewok village Mm. because that was a great playset to have as a kid. I love Jabba's palace. But my favorite thing in Jedi, besides the lightsaber battle at the end, which is, to me, just yeah. beautiful and wonderful, and the Emperor is just so s- creepy and awesome, I love speeder bike chase. Mm, yeah. I love a speeder bike that chase, man. That's a scene. Cool, cool scene, dude. And that's the thing, like, you're, we're talking about, them, like, I, I forgot about the speeder bike scene and how great it is. It's so cool, man. Yeah. And, and Biker Scouts are cool looking, too. Like, I, I know it's just to sell me more action figures, but that's a, they were cool. They were cool they were well designed. Yeah, totally. The figures, when they came with the little speeder bikes, and you could push a button and the speeder bike would pop apart. Yeah. That was a cool feature yeah. that annoyed my mom because I used to make her put it back together for me. <laughs> Great. Because I was like five. I love, I love the moment where Luke jumps up and grabs his lightsaber on the sandbar, mm. on the, the skiff. That is that drops off the plank yeah, and then pops that, back that's up. That's just perfect. It's so great. Mm. And you see it come into his hand and he ignites that green lightsaber, which you haven't seen before. That mm. that's that's so great. Uh, and there's just one little moment though that it always gets me. Um, you know, because it's all split up because it's what Luke's doing, it's what the rebels are doing, it's all the stuff on Endor. And then 3PO like I clearly remember 3PO says he's informed me that there's another entrance on the other side of the ridge. And then, like the music builds and it goes to space and you see like the Millennium Falcon, all the X-Wings like flying around the medical frigate and everything. And the music mm-hmm. swells. Like I love that moment. That that specific yeah. transition scene where they're all checking in and they zoom off into hyperspace. I, I love the the space battle in Return of the Jedi. I love mm-hmm. that scene so much. Also, because as we've discussed, probably not on air, it features the only Asian up to that point in Star Wars. <laughs> there's too the, many of them. The, the, the guy saying there's too many of them. Why is the only Asian guy got to be counting? <laughs> your, your people are way better with math. <laughs> then George Lucas like, well, you thought that was bad. Look at these... Uh, Whatever the Nicodians or whatever they're called, the the Trade Federation the people, ne- Nemoidians, Nemoidians. Oh my goodness, Nemoidians, named for Leonard Nimoy, I believe. Really? And then the main, the viceroy was Newt Gunray, Newt Gunray. which was a direct knock on Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan played Newt Rockney, really? all American, and Reagan is hey. Gunray backwards. Wow. Newt Gunray. Look at all the things you know, Tony. Yep. Least favorite part of Return of the Jedi. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's backpedaling. Uh, like, well, what I told you was true from a certain yeah. perspective. You're a jerk. Like, you, like, totally lied to this kid. Like, you totally lied. The prequels make it out even more like he lied. Your father wanted you to have this lightsaber when you're old enough. No, he didn't. <laughs> he was screaming on the fiery shores of Mustafar how much he hated you. He never said anything. And by the way, if Padme is secretly pregnant, <laughs> give this to my son. You know, like, if she does have those babies... Yeah, that that's not great. I I I again going back to when I was a little kid watching our bootleg VHS copy, and it I I I did not enjoy Luke and Leia's conversation in the Ewok village. Like now I yeah. love that scene. It, I think it's great. But as a little kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much exposition and talking and emotions and feelings. Just show me something shooting at somebody. If we're being totally superficial, I can't stand Leah's hair in that moment. It's like, girl, put some product in there. All right, you have been nothing but hairstyles ever since this first movie. And now all of a sudden, you're going to, like, rock this, like, 1978, like, long... Uh, come on, dude. Get this, get this girl some mousse. Uh, as, a, as, a, as, I'm, as a child, I'm sure you like them. You just said you did with the playset. But as an adult, how do you feel about the Ewoks? I don't hate the Ewoks. No. I don't hate the Ewoks. They still rank way higher than the Gungans for me. Oh, the Gungans. Which, have you watched the most recent episode of The Mandalorian? No, not yet. Don't tell me. I don't know anything. Okay, I won't. But there's a great there's a great shot at the Gungans. Okay, sweet. All right, let's jump to episode one. Favorite thing? <laughs> Darth Maul. Darth Maul, Duel of the Fates, that, double-bladed lightsaber. That is... Uh, if anybody says anything different, they're lying because the rest of that movie is crap on a that stick. That scene is perfect. That whole thing. and The whole thing. Yeah. 
even like even like interspersed with the space battle and poor little Jake Lloyd just trying his best. Yeah, it can't ruin the duel of fates. It's so good. And you, we take for granted now, but we had never seen a lightsaber exactly. battle like that at that point. You, ne- I mean, you watch the one from A New Hope is Alec Guinness shuffling around. The one from Empire Strikes Back is okay. Return of the Jedi is better. But when freaking Obi Wan busts through that shielded door and just yeah, like it's what twenty seconds that he's a do 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 do. He and Ray Park that is unbelievable. And then moment where he busts his lightsaber, like I cheered because Darth Maul was so cool. But he's so bad, and so when Obi Wan gets that upper hand, it is oh my gosh, it's release, it's so great. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we, we both it. agree. Uh, runner up, we've talked about this off air. I really like the pod racing scene. You think it goes on a Not little me. bit too long? Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's kitty, it's silly. But I think what I, the sound design of it, and that's pretty technical. But the sound design of that scene is is spectacular. Just all the sure. different sounds. Yeah. Uh, ben Burt did a great job with it. I, I love the character designs, but it was just super indulgent, and it went on too long, especially for a moment that had no tension. You knew yeah. from the beginning that he was going to win, so Yippee! we don't really need that much time on that movie. Uh, my least favorite part, I think we talked about it last time, is that's so the, the wizard. Children. That's Yeah, all the children. <laughs> that's so wizard Annie, that little Rodian giggling. Just, yeah. just terrible. And the Gungans and the racist Nemoidians. Yeah. Droid because. Midi chlorians for me. Oh, Midi-Chlorians. To me, like, it was like, why? Why did we? What? Really? Like, who? Who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Like, who was sitting there thinking, yeah, but how does the force work? Well, we it already explained it. It's created by living things. It flows through as it penetrates as it binds, binds all things together. Either. It's great. Yeah, but what's it look like in a in a under a microscope? <laughs> oh, well, it looks like this. Pull out my uh, my Gillette Venus razor for her, and let's uh, let's scan it and find out. Yeah, I forgot about midi chlorians. So bad. Yeah, so bad. All right, episode two, Tackle Clones, favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Anakin rides a speeder bike. That's kind of cool. Going back um, to when I first saw it. Like that, the scene in the arena at the end where all the Jedi show up and they start breaking out their lightsabers. As how old was I when that happened? Like, I still think that's pretty sweet. Like, because we've never seen kind of Jedi in full force. And I enjoy that. Just all of them uh, popping I, up. Jango Fett versus uh, Boba Fett, round one. When they're when they're on Obi-Wan? Um, Jango Fett versus Obi Wan. D- yeah, d- what I say? Quite you said Jango Fett versus Boba Fett. Yeah, Jango Fett versus Go Boba Fett. Go to bed, no, Boba. Seriously. No, quiet, leave me alone, The quiet Dad. tension between a father and his clone. Yeah, Jango Fett versus Obi-Wan. Um, when they are on, uh, not Genosis. What's the planet the, um, with the clones? The Oh, Kenosis. The, or long Nick. something. No, not Genosis. Genosis no, is the like, one at the it's end. it's something with a K. No, it's not. Yeah. I was just watching Clone Wars. Camino. Camino. Right Camino. now, people are screaming Camino! at their... I'll scream back at you. Camino. Camino. I figured it out. Camino. I'm the Christian nerd. You're <laughs> not. You don't yell at me on my podcast. <laughs> Camino. That's right. <sighs> Camino was a, co- was a cool design yeah. place. I like the art decor of Camino. It was very fresh and different. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Bespin in the sea. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a that, that was a neat setup, and I like the idea that they were really trying to set up a cool conspiracy story. I mean, this was this was the Winter Soldier of the prequels. Yeah. I mean, it was the it was the darkest one. It was the okay, what's going on? Somebody's pulling the strings. There's manipulation happening here. Someone's trying to kill Padme, and I thought it was clever how they set up the idea of the clones were ordered without the knowledge of. The, and then the, at the same time, I mean, it was it was cool to see Palpatine kind of pulling the strings on both sides, mm-hmm. but. So, so that there was potential there, it yeah. was, but it was just pulled off in the most boring way possible. But yeah, Camino, Obi Wan, uh, Jango Fett was not bad. Yeah, I also like the like. I mean, Christopher Lee was really old, so I like the way they do the lightsaber duel between him and Anakin, where you just sort of see mm-hmm. the light flashing in the dark. That was pretty well done. Uh, my least favorite part of Attack of Clones. It was in my head. I just forgot what it was. There's so many things to dislike about that was movie. Was it Bouncing Baby Boba Fett? That, that they gave the coolest character in Star Wars the stupidest origin story? No. Oh, no, this sorry. is they what gave... it is. It's the fact they... that there is not a single 
they did not produce a single clone trooper set of armor. Like it's all digital. There was never anybody in a costume on set as a clone trooper, which to me boggles my mind. Hmm. That's my least favorite thing about the clone wars or the attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith that George is like, nah, we'll just digital digitally do everything. And that seems hmm. insane. Yeah, that's pretty to bad. Me. Yeah, runner-up is the whole, hey, this is not how you eat fruit floating it across a table. And then let's like, I'm just going to fork it in the middle of the air. It's That that scene looks so hokey and unbelievable. I still, to this day, just cringe <laughs> when I watch it. Revenge of the Sith, your boy Ness favorite. Yeah. Favorite part? I mean, it's really hard to hate on that that lightsaber battle on Mustafar. It is. It's, it's pretty cool. It is really good. Um, I like, I, yeah, I think kind of when all this stuff, they do a pretty good job when everything sort of comes to the realization that the emperor is the Sith Lord and Mace Windu and Kit Fisto going to arrest him and they suck at it. But I think that, that like <laughs> when it all sort of comes, like when it all sort of comes together and then, you know, Anakin becomes Darth Vader and then he goes to the temple. And I think I talked about this on my show um, or we talked about it, but my brother-in-law, was filming my niece and my nephew when they were watching that for the first time. And it shows Anakin at the head of the clone troopers walking up to the Jedi temple. And my poor niece is just like, no, what? No. And so just to see like, you know, like that's pretty awesome. Like to have that realization and to be crushed in that manner is, is pretty sweet for poor little. him Him killing the younglings is still one of the like gutsiest, most difficult to watch moments ever. Master Skywalker, what do we do? Yeah. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah. Annie, no. Yeah. So that, that was a good choice. Uh, least favorite part of episode three? Padme dying of a broken heart. That was just, it was like the one of those, we know what has to happen at the end of this, so we don't have a way to get there. It's just like, oh, blow up the ship and the battle droids all die. Or turn to evil and she'll die. And that way we get her out of the story for no reason, even though Leia uh, said that she remembered her and her face and that she was very beautiful. Mostly images. Pretty really. good Pretty good for being a 10-minute old person. I must, must be the Force, right? No, nah, it's just pictures. She had pictures of her mom. Did she? Yeah. She would, have had, she would have had pictures on Alderaan of her mom when they were trying to hide who she, in fact, was. You think Bail Organa was, like, secretly showing pictures saying, this is your real mom? Yeah, probably. No, definitely <laughs> not. Definitely not. It was the force. Jimmy, Jimmy, Smith, doesn't, force Jimmy Smith doesn't know what he's doing. You're an infant, so you can remember what your mom looks like in the same way that if you die as an old lady, you can fly back in in the cold of space. Cold of space. Uh, my least favorite part. Um, there's a, yeah, the the baby stuff and Leia, or not Leia, Padme dying. Darth Vader screaming no at the end. I don't like that. I don't like that whole scene. Yeah. Like, it's all just super CGI'd, the whole, like, him becoming Darth yeah. Vader. That scene, though, at the end of him, like, kind of coming up, looking through the eyes yeah, of the helmet, cool. that was pretty yeah. cool. that part, but just the everything else, it's just, oh, look at all that, like, digital smoke and digital everything, and there's no, there's nothing happening. It's just, it was all created in computer. But that's the whole prequels. I mean, there's, it's I everything's know. in front of a green screen. I, but there was no green screen. Like, that, that was just a computer. Like, they didn't have anybody on set in a Darth Vader costume lying there. Right. No, no, no. Wait, no. I think they I think they did. I think it was Hayden Christensen. Was it? That was part of his deal was that, yeah, he that get, he, he wanted to be the, the one in the Darth Vader All suit, right. even though he was tiny. He is tiny. He wasn't tall like Dave Prowse, but he wanted to be in the Vader suit. I think he, like, I don't know if it was that whole scene, but he definitely wore a Vader suit at some All right. point. I'll go back and check it out. Maybe it's just him at the end, though, looking at the Death Star. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, with, a, with, a young, with a young Moff Tarkin, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's skip Rogue One and Solo. Let's just get, get, stick to the Skywalker saga. Episode seven, Force Awakens. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. It's just a wonderful movie. What's your favorite part? Ray is a treasure. I'm Ray. I love how she says her name when, like, I'm Ray. Oh, it's perfect. She's great. She's great. John Boyega is great. There, that's, it's just a great movie. It is. Like, I feel like there was such... Uh, you, you use the word release after kind of suffering through three back to back to back Star Wars movies that were just like, uh, mm-hmm. 
like to finally get one that made me feel like I'm watching freaking Star yeah. Wars, you guys. Yeah. It was so cool. Watching the Millennium Falcon like do these awesome maneuvers, flying through Jakku was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but but Ray was just a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. She was everything that you wanted a young like when that movie came out, we didn't know that Ray was gonna be the one. Yeah. We all the promotional art showed Finn with the so lightsaber. Great. Nice swerve. And then when they swerved that and she pulls the lightsaber, I'm like, yeah, yeah, get it, girl. Yeah. 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 My favorite part, and I don't know if it'll ever change, it's it's like a top five moment in Star Wars for me, is when the Resistance shows up on Taco Dono, Taco Dana, whatever the planet. Ta- Taco, Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. When they show up on Taco Tuesday and like mm-hmm. the Resistance score comes in, you see all the X-Wings flying in over the water yeah. and Poe. I think smokes like 13 dudes in 10 seconds. Like it's just yeah. it I, I I that scene gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. But you know this is to their credit. We never took the Empire super seriously. We took Vader yeah. seriously. But you never took like stormtroopers came in it was like, "Eh, okay." Yeah. Well, they're going to shoot at them and miss and then whatever. But even like these first order storm stormtroopers are are hardcore. Yeah. Like they hit and they don't miss. I mean, they're they're pretty bad to the bone. But that's what I like too because it showed because they had a little fear of the of the resistance too. So it showed that the resistance wasn't really something to mess with because like oh no the resistance like they get ready for it and then yeah. Poe Dameron and his black X wing just uh, so great. I love Poe Dameron and I want to save him because he's he's my favorite part of the the Last Jedi. So I'm saving that saving Poe for Last Jedi. All right, saving Poe. Not great part about Force Awakens. The Gundark stuff is okay. I just like, like there's been monsters in all the Star Wars movies, so I get, hey, there's monsters in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's about it. Yeah. I, I I didn't even think about that. That 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 was kind of one of my weak moments in that movie. No, I mean it was good. It it, it was good. I, there was there's just not parts of it that I go. Yeah. Uh, I mean they built another Death Star. This one blows up the whole like Hosein system yeah. or whatever. It's like okay. I get it. We've seen that before, but honestly, I didn't even care. Like, I didn't even care. No. It was like playing Christmas music or something. It was like, yes, take me down I those didn't very even familiar Halloween halls. Through the fact that it was a retelling of the first movie until like a day later. Because I was just until so. Until Twitter told you yeah. that, like, this movie sucks. Yeah. Because I just loved watching care. it so much. I loved watching it so much. Uh, but even from the beginning, like uh, like Kylo Ren, I don't know who the crap Kylo mm-hmm. Ren is when this movie starts. We know now, yeah. but we didn't know he was Ben yeah. Solo at the beginning of the movie. My dude shoots a blaster at him, man, and he just catches that thing in the air. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And Captain Phasma, that's a great character. I can't wait to see how they use her in the next <laughs> one. Mm. All right, Last Jedi. Yeah, my my uh, Poe Dameron is great. When they really let Oscar Isaac have fun with him and bring him into his own, he's a fun, funny, snarky, cocksure character. And I, I just think that he was he's he's um, imagine if you took if you let Wedge Antilles mm. just run wild, like just super confident in himself and and deservedly so. So do you like? Because I know that's you know one of the things people would say they dislike about the last Jedi is that it sort of turns these hero figures on their heads where we're like, yeah, we like Poe. He's so confident, but he's also wrong. He gets a bunch of people killed. So but that's okay. I, yeah, I mean, that's good. Okay. That's called character development. Yeah, that, I, I'm all for it, but I think there's so many like, no, my heroes can't do anything wrong. It's like, well, no, Poe was all those things, but sometimes his overconfidence uh, is his weakness. Yeah. <sighs> Just like your faith, faith your and friends friend is yours. And your friends is yours. I'm a Christian nerd. <laughs> Nobody yells at me on my podcast. Sorry. Uh, Poe's yeah, great. But Poe Dameron was great. Like, the, the, they let him kind of come into his own, yeah. I thought was really, really Yeah, that good. first scene where he's talking to to Hux is <laughs> to, to Hux. Is, he's is like, great. Admiral Hux, pasty guy. I'll hold. I'll hold. Um, <laughs> my favorite part, and this might just be a reaction from all the stuff people have said about it. But I, I love what they did with Luke. I mean, it's not what I would have wanted them to do with Luke, but they did it, and I'm down. I'm okay with it. Just because the biggest thing that I've come to think in that movie is that Luke's greatest flaw is his kind of um, impulsiveness. I want to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. I need to leave Dagobah, finish my training early so I can go rescue them. 
And then I shouldn't have come on this mission. I've endangered ex- it. Exactly. He knows he, I'm here. He has this impulsiveness in him. And so the impulsive thing to do, if he feels one, that Ben Solo is going to turn into something w- evil, the impulsive thing he would do would be to turn on his lightsaber and think I should end this. But then his growth is immediately he regrets it. So that shows growth. But then the impulsive thing would too would be, well, I failed, so I'm going to go and be a hermit and shut myself off from the Force. And so I think more than anything, as I've looked at Luke's character throughout 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, that's where I get to with The Last Jedi, is that Luke's main character flaw has always been his impulsiveness, and that's what Ryan Johnson gave us in this version of Luke. And I like that. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't hate that. I don't like the idea of him throwing the lightsaber. I don't like because yeah. I feel like it undid yeah. the value that we got at the first mm-hmm. one. Like here's this great classic moment yeah. of her handing him the lightsaber. I mean the lightsaber even has a significance in and of itself, and then it's just like, yep, zoinks. Yeah. Okay. What, what, did we just like walk into a, a Looney Tunes? Like mm-hmm. what's going on here, man? Is this like Hanna Barbera? You just whoa, you know, yeah. toss it over the cliff. And did Luke put on his nice white robes because he knew he had visitors or What's the deal? That yeah, that's that part's yeah. problematic. But I, I like what they yeah. did with Luke, and I I hope that they don't retcon and make Ray somebody she's not. I like the fact that she's just a nobody. I hope that they keep that. Yeah. I really, really do. Because I liked that a lot. Least favorite part about yeah. the Last Jedi? Han Solo's dice. Yeah. Han Solo's dice, just like oh hey hey here's here's those dice that you don't know anything about, but they're gonna show up in the yeah. Solo spinoff movie. It just that made it feel very corporate. But um, aside from that, uh, I don't know. I don't like that they killed so many characters. I don't like that they killed Admiral Ackbar. I liked Admiral Ackbar. Yeah, uh, killing him off screen. I, you know, I, I agree with the people that are kind of complainers about that kind of stuff. It seemed a little bit like they threw too much out. Like it was just a thematic misstep of a movie, in my opinion. Um, Leia flying in from space because of the Force. That's great. They'll never explain that. And I just feel like that's a strange thing. Or maybe they will. Maybe they'll say, look, this is a new thing that Jedi can do. I don't know. It, the the whole the whole flavor of it just seemed a little off. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a bag of chocolates that's been stored in a bag of mints, <laughs> and now all your chocolate tastes weirdly minty. I like minty it's chocolate. Like, ah, it's technically a Snickers bar, but it tastes like peppermint. Makes me uh, makes me feel like something's just a touch yeah. off. Yeah, I rewatched it. Yeah, there's yeah the stuff. That's a hard part because like then you get to this point where it's like. All the stuff that people rant and rail against, I feel like, oh, I have to defend that for some reason. I'm like, I don't have to defend it. I don't care. I liked the movie, mm-hmm. and that's fine with me. I watched it recently. Guess what? I still liked it. I still really like when yeah, Ray and Chewie show up in the end of the Millennium Falcon. That's great. As I've as it's not a bad movie. As I, it's yeah. not a bad movie. Yeah, it's a pretty movie for sure. It, it, it Artistically, is it's one of the best Star Wars movies. It is. There's some great, great but. shots. Yeah, but uh, you know, there's just, it just it felt a little felt a little off. That was me. Uh, uh, th- there were some pacing issues. I thought some of the Canto Bite stuff was all right, but it just seemed a little like, all right, we're gonna stop doing this desperately urgent thing and go on this little side quest here. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest complaint with this, and I, it's been my complaint with Star Wars for a while, but I think it's it's even more so now uh, through the prequels and then into these, is they create these characters. They're supposed to be interesting. And then they serve no purpose. Like, uh, Carrie Russell is going to be a character in the new movie. I don't know what her name is. Zora Bliss or something like that. I have no hope for that character to do anything to move the story forward or to be useful at all. Uh, because they just create these, like, hey, here's an interesting character that we're going to tell you is going to be important to the story. And then they're not going to be. So before this movie came out, they did a a big thing with, like, BB-8 uh, where they had this the 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 first order BB-8, yeah. like the black Evil BB-8. BB-8, and they were yeah they were selling that thing like big time, and it was in the movie for like nine seconds yeah. and did nothing. It was like uh, they should have just and put a goatee on him, and then you would have known it was Evil BB-8. <laughs> that's how you know that something's that's only for, if it's from another dimension, uh, the darkest timeline. But the uh, Captain Phasma was such a cool mm-hmm. character, and I really wanted to see what they had in store for her as a character. And then I feel like they just punked her out. Yeah. Like, this is the baddest of the baddest of the stormtroopers. Like, other than than Kylo Ren himself, this is the one person you do not want to face. And Finn just punked her. It was like, you know, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? Knock yeah. him in the Sarlacc pit. It was like, dude, you are fighting Captain Phasma. She will wreck you. Nope. Nope. Not, not unless you push her. At least the pit she fell in didn't burp. 
<laughs> so c- could she come back? Yeah, but I haven't seen anything about her yeah. in the new movie. So if she comes back, I'll be very happy because I like Phasma as a character and I want her to matter. But yeah, I wonder because uh, I think J.J. Abrams, all the stuff I've seen, and, I, and you know, you and I are both in the same boat. I think I watched the first trailer and that's been it. So I'm going in pretty clean minded on yeah, this thing. Me too. And so I just from what I've read though, J.J. Abrams seems to appreciate the choices that Ryan Johnson made, not the choices that he would have made appreciates them and i don't think i think as a filmmaker you don't want to just undo all that stuff so i'm hoping that kind of when yeah that, that, which is what ryan johnson literally did yeah do. taking them as a whole i wonder that's what i'm hoping that it will bring you know that well episode eight feels like it doesn't fit as well that when taken as a whole in this trilogy and then kind of the whole trilogy the whole thing will will have its place and have its fit yeah. The unfortunate thing is there is zero room for a misstep on this. Yeah. One. This is the close of not just a trilogy. This is a close of a trilogy of trilogies. Yeah. And if they don't get it right in The Rise of Skywalker, ending it on a bad note, boy, that is you are ruining a two generations yeah. of fans, three generations of fans. Yeah. But then Christian's kids will watch them and just love them all because he won't they won't have all the. All the baggage we bring into our Star Wars watching experience piled on top of them. Yeah. And they'll go back and watch the originals and be like, this is boring. Yeah. This is stupid. But that's the thing, man. Kids love them, the prequels. And they're all... But this, this is pod yeah. racing. And they're all 25 now. and they, Like like Neff. Like, it was the first Star Wars movie he saw in a the theater. So he loves Revenge of the Sith more than anything because he was a kid when he saw it. And I imagine that there are yeah. kids right now watching these new tr- this new trilogy. It's their first Star Wars experience on the big screen. And they're just eating it up. And in 30 years, they'll go on Twitter and argue about why, you know, whoever 30 years in the future is ruining their childhood of Episode 9. <laughs> I can't believe Episode 27 sucks so bad. <laughs> exactly. Why? No. All right. So we were going to do a little Star more. War- Star oh. Wars is great, Star Wars you great. guys. We, don't I, complain hey, about it. All that to Treasure say... It. The reason I can sit here and pick apart the things I don't like in all these movies is because I've watched them all at least 10 times, and I know all the things I don't like about them. Oh, there's one honorable mention in Empire Strike Back when the cave collapses, when Han and Leia are trying to get out. Han waves his yeah. hand behind his butt, and it looks like he's waving away a fart. That's something that sticks out in my mind. It's something I don't like. He was, he, he was, he was hunting Minot. Oh, that's right. What it was. All right, so we were gonna add a little something here, but uh, Tony, I both have to go. So, yeah, we love Star Wars. I will have a review of Episode Nine on my show on Friday. I will have a brief review, and then maybe I'll have you join me next week, Tony, for my my show regular, and we can talk about Episode Nine. If cool. you're we're available. doing that with the uh, the podcast crew when we get done watching the movie uh, this weekend. We are going to uh, talk about it online. So uh, we can't wait to hear what you have to say, man. I hope you guys listen in for what we have to say over in the Inner Guy cast. And uh, that's fun. Sweet. Where can people find you on the internet, Tony? They can find me at uh, It's Me, Tony T on Twitter, or you can find us all across the social medias at Nerd of Godcast. Uh, you can also hang out with us on our Facebook group, Nerd of God Squad. That's where we share memes and live our dreams. How about you, Scotty? Mostly it's a nightmare because there are just so many memes. And sometimes I just see them, Tony, I'm like, that's not even funny. Like, that's just, it's just not, like, no, you don't share those ones. I don't. You, nobody does because we're supposed to be nice and not say anything. Should I start blocking people? Should I start like deleting their nah, stuff? No, 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 Not up to the brand standard. No, no, no. I've just turned off notifications for some people that when they post in there, I won't see it. <laughs> no names. No names. No names. No names. Uh, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Scott Heger at Christian underscore nerd or just go to ChristianNerd.com and everything you need is there. And remember, just like Yoda said on Dagobah. You you don't believe, and that's why you don't make it happen. So have have faith and confidence. We got to put something spiritual at the end of this thing, man. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I, so real quick, real quick. So what's the biggest uh, in like? I mean, quick, like ten seconds. What's the biggest spiritual lesson that Star Wars has taught you? 
That really is all it is. It's the, the scene where Luke says, I don't believe it. And Yoda said, that is why you fail. I apply that to my life and my walk with God. Look, if I can't believe what God promises me, then I'm never going to succeed at what God promises yep. me. So I'll have confidence. I'll have faith. I'll speak life. And uh, I'm going to let God do all the heavy lifting there. Nice. So I think for me... And I've never never once had my X-Wing buried in the eh, swamp. So. It would be uh, that God can redeem anybody. That The reason I think this story has resonated so well over the course of what 40 years is because mm-hmm. it tells the tale of redemption. And that is a story that our universe, that's, a, that's the story of our universe that we are redeemed. And I think that's you were right. why it can tell your sister yeah, you were right. That's why I think it continues to, to resonate with us uh, because when we see people redeemed, our hearts soar because we know we are in need of redemption and there's a savior out there whom we celebrate at this time of the year who came to redeem us. So I think it's that redemption Love piece. It. Believe and redeem. That's what the Christian Nerd of Godcast wants you Believe to walk Believe and redeem today. your memes and your dreams. Ooh, come on. All right. Hey, goodbye, Tony. Hey, goodbye, Scotty. Goodbye, Internet. May the force be with you. Always. Always.